0: This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Demarest, CPA with Parmels & Associates. This is an episode by request by a couple of listeners, and I'm going to talk about an idea of draws and distributions from a company. Am I going to be taxed on that money? Short answer on this is no, and if that's all you wanted to hear, then hey, we'll talk to you next week. But the longer answer is what we are going to talk about this week. Before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Let's face it, your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop. NapaTrax will move your shop into the SMS fast lane with on-site training, six days a week support, and local representation. Visit them online at napatrax.com. That's n-a-p-a-t-r-a-c-s.com. Promotive makes automotive recruitment simple. They go beyond the job boards and take care of every aspect of the recruiting process, giving you more time to focus on your shop and customers. On the web at gopromotive.com. So it's pretty crazy to think that I've been doing this podcast for almost a year and a half, and today marks episode 70. 70 is not a symbolic number. I was just looking to try and reference back something and was just blown away that I've been doing this long. So I'd take a moment to just say a big thank you to all the listeners. Honestly, I cannot believe this many people listen to this. this Many people enjoy this and hearing the feedback of, hey, I love this. I always learn something on it is awesome. This is a really strange idea I'm used to teaching in person. I've talked in front of hundreds of people on it, and I know when I do well. I know when I don't do well, right? You can get visual cues, but sitting here in my basement by myself mostly, but I guess I got a fat 100-pound lab behind me. I'm talking to a wall and talking about stuff that I think shop owners want to hear. I think business owners want to hear. And I don't know. I'm throwing this out to the world, or Carmen Trades, here throwing this out to the world, And to hear the feedback and that I'm still doing this long must mean I'm doing something well. So thank you. But the reason I was looking at episode 70 is I kept on thinking, I was like, have I talked about this idea on do I pay tax on distributions? And all the way back in episode 16, so more than a year ago, I talked about it. And a little bit, not specifically on taxation, but I talked about fair wages versus draws and how to set that up and a little bit behind it. If you're an S-corporation, or even if you're an LLC, you might be an S-corporation at some point. If you have not listened to that episode, go back and listen to that first, right? It's going to get some foundational ideas. This is probably Draws 102. That's Draws 101. But the general idea here is you need to pay yourself a fair and reasonable wage if you're an S-corporation. Anything above that is free to take out in Draws. Now, we're going to be talking specifically about S-corp distributions on it, the basic idea of this is going to be almost exactly the same for partnerships. Partnerships have a little bit more intricacy to this, which we're not going to get into. It's not very common to see, but pretty much if you're an S corporation, this is going to be hundred percent applicable to you. If you're a partnership, this is going to be like 98% applicable, but obviously check with your accountant, check with your CPA before you do anything that you think might be a little bit questionable. I was just asked this today and I swear I don't make this stuff up and I just was talking to a client today. And this kind of goes to not on the taxation side, but the fair and reasonable wage. And like I said, we're not going to talk into how you calculate or what number that you get. Episode 16, we go into that a ton. But I had a client reach out to me today. And this is a super common question. He said, hey, Hunt, I'm thinking about increasing my draws. Your business has been pretty good. I forget why he needed it or what we were changing around. But He essentially needed more money out of his business on a consistent basis. And he was like, I'm going to be increasing this probably about by two grand a week. I think I need to increase my payroll so I can keep in line with this. And I went back and I told him, I said, no, you're taking out $65,000 on payroll. You're perfectly fine. You're paying yourself a fair and reasonable wage for the services that you're providing for your business. So that means in theory, you could make as much money as you wanted and take all of that extra money out in distributions. So if you had a million dollars in profit, you've already been on payroll and you're paying yourself a fair wage, the IRS cannot say anything about that whatsoever. Now they could, right, go in and look at this and say, hey, are you paying yourself a fair and reasonable wage? And honestly, if you're making that much money, there's probably some other reasons why we'd also wanna bump your payroll up, but is you're looking at black and white tax code related to distributions? No. You know, there is some rules of thumb out there, and I've heard this thrown out there before. Hey, your draw should be about 50-50 on payroll. If you're taking out 30 in payroll, don't take out more than 30 in draws. A good rule of thumb, but that's just it, right? Rule of thumbs are generalizations, and you got to be very careful with it. But there is no legal, there is no law, there is no tax basis behind that rule of thumb. Really, a lot of times what we get into on that is if maybe someone's not making a lot of money, and you know their wages are lower than what we'd like to see, there is an argument of saying, hey, my client's only taking out $15,000 in wages, but he's only taking out $10,000 in draws, right? It's still taking out more wages than draws. That's why you shouldn't be mad at him that he didn't take out more in salary. Now, as a general rule of thumb, if you're making or you don't have that much profit on it, I really would probably want to see that all on payroll for a number of reasons, but I get it, right? Payroll has a cost to it. It has a cash flow issue. It has a tax issue. There's a lot of considerations on that. As you increase your profits, as you increase your earnings, as you grow your business, a lot of times the worst thing that you can do is keep on increasing your payroll. Because the big difference between payroll and distributions is going to be the payroll tax. That is the only difference whatsoever. As we get into do I pay tax on my draws, let's quickly talk about how this stuff is taxed. Payroll is not actually a tax deduction for your business. And you might be saying, Hunt, what are you talking about? I see officer wages as a line on my profit and loss that your company made for me. So if it's not an expense, you guys have a lot of explaining to do. So it is an expense on your business, but it is not a tax deduction. And what I mean by that is this. So you're an S corporation, you pay tax on the income that the S corp makes that flows through to you personally. So that means that your wages that you take, you pay tax on personally. It's all going to the same spot, and it's what we call a circular reference. What I mean by that is this. Let's say that you have a $50,000 wage, right? Your wage, your spouse's wage, whoever it is. That is going to be a $50,000 deduction for the business. However, you're going to pay tax on that personally, so that's $50,000 in income. If you're following what I'm doing with my hands here, they essentially wipe each other out. So there is really no negative side, no positive side, other than one big thing. When you pay yourself on payroll, you're paying Social Security and Medicare, right? You're paying payroll tax on that. And on your pay stub, you will see that 7.5% or roughly 7.5% is withheld from your payroll. That is the employee portion. Now you're self-employed, so you also pay the other 7.5%, which is paid by the employer, this is one of the big things why having a fair and reasonable wage is so important and one of the reasons why S-corporations are so popular because you can play around with that. Well, hey, if I take out 100 dollars or $150,000 in salary, I'm really not getting any deduction. Get an expense here, income there, but I'm paying a ton in payroll taxes on this. What about distributions? This is the big one, right? Oh, I don't want to take that money out, hon. I'm going to pay tax on it. I always have to say, no, you do not pay tax on S-corp distribution. What do you mean by that? I took out 100 grand last year and I had a huge tax bill. Why did I pay all that tax if I don't get tax on my distributions? Distributions are not taxable to you 99.9% of the time. However, it's a little bit confusing here because you almost always have to pay some taxes if you are taking out draws. Clear as mud. This one is a little bit tricky and this is probably our most commonly asked question. Unfortunately it's one of the trickier ones to answer. But I've come up with what I think is a pretty clear explanation of this. So I'm gonna give you an example, and this is a really common one, and it might resonate with you. Let's say that your business shows a $100,000 profit on the P&L, right? And let's assume that p and is accurate up to date and exactly as what we're gonna file on the tax return. So my business, Hunt's Auto Repair, is showing that I made $100,000 in profit. Now, that 100,000, I've already taken out a fair amount in salary, and this is just truly profit there. I'm going to pay tax on whatever that net income is. That's it. When you pay tax, it has nothing to do with cash. I don't care where that 100 grand went. I don't care if that's in the business bank account. I don't care if you took it on distributions. I don't care if you bought inventory. I don't care if you paid down debt. It doesn't matter what you do with that cash. You pay tax on income or profit of the business not necessarily what you choose to do with this profit. Now, the reason that I say that a lot of times you have to pay tax in order to take out distributions is what are distributions, right? The full name of distributions is distributions of profit. If you don't have profit, then you don't have cash and you can't take any money out of the business. Now, it's a very simple example for a smaller business. When you have a larger business that has inventory, accounts receivable, accounts payable, liabilities, accruals, stuff like that, it gets a bit trickier here, but let's talk about the most basic business. So let's say I'm gonna start a lemonade stand, and for whatever reason, I make it into an S corporation. I sell lemonade, and I take payroll, and I take distributions. So if I do not make any profit, meaning I made $50,000 last year and I took it all out in the form of wages, my business has zero profit, which also means my business has zero cash. So I'm not going to pay any tax on any distributions because I cannot take a distribution, right? If you don't make profit, where is that distribution coming from? Now, going back to the example that I talked about with that $100,000, we are going to pay tax on that $100,000 of profit. Right. And this is where the businesses get a little bit more complicated, like it would for an auto repair shop. So, what I always tell my client on distributions to illustrate that is this if you make $100,000 of profit, you're going to pay, let's just say, $20,000 in tax. You don't want to take out that money. You want to leave it all in the business bank account. Great. You're still paying $20,000 of tax. Wait, but I didn't touch any of that money. Yeah, but you could have taken it out. Right. And that's why I always advocate. And I see people that complain about this sometimes. I didn't take any of this money out. Why am I paying tax on this? IRS doesn't care what you do with the cash. So do not bootstrap yourself and pay tax on S corporation profits when you don't distribute any of the money. At the very least, you need to distribute enough to pay the tax bill on it. If not, which just a little bit silly. Now, if you don't have the money, then yeah, there's nothing to distribute, but there's absolutely no reason to be sitting there with a hundred grand in your bank account. Have a personal tax liability for 20 grand because you're an S Corp, and then be yelling and screaming, Where's the money? It's in your business. Take it out. And that's where a lot of people say, Well, if I take that money out, I'm going to be taxed again. No, you've already paid tax on that. So, essentially, in a simple term, when you get to April 15th, you've paid your tax bill for the previous year. Whatever money you have left over, you're free to take out today. There would be no tax effect whatsoever. So if you made $100,000 in profit and it's all in the business, you're still going to be paying tax on 100 grand. You take out $50,000 of that in the form of distributions, you're still paying tax on 100 grand in profit. You take out 100 grand of distributions. Again, you're still going to be paying tax on 100 grand. So the big thing here on S corporations is you do not pay any tax on distributions, you pay tax on profit. Now, you can pause it and I want you to say that to yourself 5 times. We pay tax on profit, not on distribution. IRS cares about income. They don't necessarily care about what you do with this cash. Napatrax was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. They provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. Napatrax offers the industry's best wholesale support hands down. They train your people on site. Yes, on site. They also offer remote refresher training 10 times a week and customer support is open six days a week. Give them a call, visit them, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. They'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napa Trax is always customized and tailored for your business, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Are you tired of spending endless hours searching for the perfect talent to join your team? Promotive is your full-service automotive staffing solution. At Promotive, we believe in being more than just a recruiting agency. We become an extension of your team, working tirelessly to ensure we place the right talent with the right shops. With our always-be-recruiting mindset, we're constantly seeking out the best professionals in the industry. We manage 90-95% to of the recruiting process, taking the burden off your shoulders. When you partner with Promotive, you gain a dedicated recruiter and account manager who will work closely with you, understanding your unique requirements, and seeking out candidates who fit seamlessly into your shop's culture. We'll ensure that every candidate we present is thoroughly vetted and aligned with your needs. With Promotive, you'll have a peace of mind knowing that we're handling the recruitment process with expertise and precision. We don't just match resumes, we match character, culture, and long-term success. Visit our website at gopromotive.com today and experience the power of Promotive's expertise and dedication. Together, we'll build a stronger and more successful team. Now, a couple other things here, because one of the biggest reasons why an S-corporation is so popular... Right, And one of the th- reasons that in my lifetime, it's pretty much been a gold standard of what all small businesses are. And the big advantage it has over some other entities and specifically C-corporations is your flexibility with money. And like we talked about, taking money out of the business, free to do that. Not going to change your taxes, not going to increase it, decrease it, keep it the same. It has nothing to do with it. Completely separate. You want to put money back into the business. Oh, business is tight. I want to loan the business money so that it can buy stuff. Fine. Not going to be taxed on it personally Into the business, is not going to be taxed on it at all. You can put money in, you can take money out, you can pay yourself back. Now, if you loan yourself money and you, for whatever reason, want to pay yourself interest, that is going to be a tax deduction on the business. But then again, it's going to be income to you personally. This is tricky. What I'm about to say here, IRS wants you to charge yourself interest on it, right? So I have to give you the legal answer is if you loan yourself money for the business, The IRS wants you to set up repayment terms and interest rates and stuff like that. In practice, it's not a very regulated spot because it's no free lunch, right? Hey, if I charge myself 30% interest, I'm getting a deduction on the business. Reporting that personally, it's a wash. So more or less, put money in, take money out as you please on it, and it has nothing to do with it. I could put 200 grand into my business today. I could take out 200 grand tomorrow. I could do this every single day, and the IRS wouldn't even blink an eye. Also, another thing is transferring money to other businesses. Since the flexibility of taking money in and out as a shareholder on it, the rules are also a lot more lax about loaning or transferring money to your businesses. About half of my businesses probably have what we call intercompany loans on there. What is an intercompany loan? Hey, I want to buy the building for my shop. I set up a separate LLC because Hunt taught me that we need to do that. And I don't have any money in that other LLC because I obviously just created it today. So who's going to pay that 200 grand in a down payment for this new building? My shop is, right? My shop is where I've been saving up money for this down payment. So what you can do is you can say, hey, I'm transferring this business to my other LLC. Now that LLC owes my shop money. It's fine. It doesn't even really need to ever get paid back. You're the sole owner of this or you and your spouse are sole owner of this and sole owner of that. It's separate buckets, but it's still all one umbrella and you are good to go. To wrap all this up on the taxable side of things is distributions are not taxed. They're not taxable. 99.9% of the time, you do not have to pay tax on draws, but there is something called a taxable distribution. And I've only honestly done this a couple times in my career over the, God, let's say thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of tax returns I've done. Probably too many, more than I would like to admit. Remember that I talked about before of you have to have profit in order to take distributions. And for a simple business like the lemonade stand, it is impossible to take a distribution if you do not have profit. You guys have a little bit different business that has loans, liabilities, inventory, depreciation, so many different things that don't necessarily mean your income looks like your cash. And then therein lies a little bit of the issue here. So I want to illustrate, two situations and two pretty common situations, how it happens, what the IRS would do, and then also a little bit of in practice or guide on the street type advice here. The first one is probably the most benign example of where you could have this distribution in excess of basis. And the second one is probably what I would say is the more current event or stuff that we see going on right now. Basic idea here is distribution in excess of basis is what the IRS calls a taxable distribution. Now, in layman terms is you've taken out more money than your business has made in profit or in cumulative years of profit since inception. Now, how does that happen? Like I said, for a small business lemonade stand, it doesn't. Bigger businesses, tons of common examples, and here are a couple one. So the first one on here I want to talk about is buying a truck. So let's say that I am on track to make $80,000 a year in profit. Ignore wages, that's all good, don't overthink this. So we're doing a tax estimate for my client, and I say, all right, you are on track to make about $80,000 this year and looking at a pretty decent tax liability. So then my client does like what all good clients do and says, what if I buy a truck, Hunt? I say, how much is this truck gonna cost? Would you know it, Hunt? It's right around $80,000. So I tell my client, great. Good news is if we want, we can write off the entire cost of that truck in the first year. So that $80,000 gets wiped out completely by $80,000 of depreciation. Now we have zero profit, right? We are not gonna pay any tax because we have zero profit. Now, I did not buy that truck with cash. I went out and I borrowed that money and I got a loan for that truck. And let's just say I got that loan on December 31st, right? Because if you buy an asset, even if you haven't paid them a cent, if you are on the hook, if you signed a loan for it and you took delivery, it's counted the same for tax purposes as you just bought it with cash that day. Now, here's where people get into a little bit of trouble. So if I went out and I bought that truck and I used a loan, I didn't put any money, I didn't put any money down, how much money is in my bank account? Probably a different amount, but let's just assume it's very simple other than this truck. I made $80,000 in profit. So I have $80,000 in my bank account. Now, what if I was to take out, let's just say 40,000 in distributions, or I'd already taken out 40,000 in distributions throughout the year? This is what the IRS would call a distribution in excess of basis. Because remember, what is your taxable income? Zero, right? We were able to use accelerated depreciation and write off the entire cost this year. So we have zero profit. So how can we take a distribution of profit if we don't have any profit? And we have already taken $40,000 out here, so we have this prototypical example of distribution in excess of basis, or taking out more money than you have in profit. The IRS, if they're gonna go really hard on this one, they would look at this and say, hang on a second, you have distribution in excess of basis. That is actually a taxable event. And this is the dreaded nightmare of an S corporation because they essentially treat you like a C corp. And they're gonna say, hey, That $40,000 in distributions that you took out, we want our cut on that. And you're gonna have to pay capital gains on that just like you would a dividend, and you're gonna owe another 20% on that. Now, everyone here is moaning and groaning and saying, ugh, I don't wanna do that. A lot of you are probably saying, hey, I've got to that situation, and my accountant never made me pay tax on the draws. Why? What did he do? If you're looking at your balance sheet, as you should at least a couple times throughout the year, you might see something on your balance sheet called loan to shareholder, and it's probably going to be an other current asset on there. Loan to shareholder. If you take a distribution in excess of basis, that is technically a taxable event. However, if you reclassify this and you say, hey, you know what? That was not a distribution because I know I'm not allowed to take distribution. So I'm going to follow the law here. Instead, what that is, is a loan to shareholder. Hey, my company loaned me a little bit of money. Loan me 40 grand, I'm going to pay that back. Loans to shareholder are OK. They have two major requirements, though. You need to pay yourself back and you need to pay yourself back in some sort of uniform fashion or chip away at this. They don't want to see 500,000 out there to go to six, to go to seven, to go to 800,000. Got to get it paid back in some sort of reasonable time frame. Now two ways to do this. Obviously, the first way is you could pay it back. Who wants to do that, right? You really wanna take $40,000 of your personal bank account, give it to your business. You are the business, the business is you. If you had that $40,000, you probably wouldn't have taken it out in the first place. So that's probably out of the question. So the other way that you can do this is we have a loan to shareholder and there's $40,000 on there. And let's say that this upcoming year is a better year. We make $150,000 in profit, right? And hopefully we're getting a little bit better with our cash. And We leave the majority of that in our business, or let's just say we take no money out of the business. So what we could do there is now. Last year we were negative forty thousand as far as what we could take out for distributions. This year we have a surplus, right? We made one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in profit. We didn't take any money out in distributions. So instead of paying back that loan, that could actually get recategorized as a distribution this upcoming year and gets wiped off the books, and no one knows any better and it's all square and it's good to go. For the smaller amounts, the IRS kind of knows that this game is getting played. They are getting a bit stricter about this. They don't like to see loans to shareholder. Um, I've never seen it scrutinized for smaller amounts. However, when they start to get big or they continue to grow and grow, that's where we get a little bit leery, and the IRS sometimes starts to ask some questions, right? And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think the probably most egregious one that I've ever seen, and we didn't prepare this return, someone else did, but they had about $1.4 million in that loan to shareholder. That stuck out like a sore thumb to me, and we no longer do business with this person, but I would imagine that the IRS has probably asked some questions about that because That's just crazy, right? There was no sign of letting up. It went up a decent amount every single year because this person just pulled every single cent the business made and loans out of the business for their own personal benefit. But some timing stuff here, if you see loan to shareholder on there, a lot of people freak out. As long as it's going up and down, it's nothing to lose any sleep over. Speaking about that client or ex-client that racked up this big bill, There is another example that I wanted to touch on because this is something that we hadn't seen very much. But in the last couple of years, we have started to see some pretty big ones get built up. And that's specifically related to our clients that got EIDL money on here. So the big thing on this is a lot of people don't really have situations where they borrow money and then just have money to burn. Because if you go to a bank, you can't just go and tell them, hey, I want 200 grand just to throw in there and just, some walking around money, you're probably using that to buy inventory, to buy equipment, to buy real estate, but it's already going to you earmarked for someone else or maybe even going to someone else completely different. The EIDL was and is completely different. They don't care what you were using it for when they dispersed it. Now, obviously there's rules associated with it. If I measured the level of cash in my client's head, it's a record level, right? Most people are pretty flush with cash right now especially the ones that got this EIDL loan and haven't been able to hang on to it. So I get why this has happened. We've talked about this in the past. EIDL is pretty strict. They want you to use it for ongoing operating expenses of your business, pay down debt. We all know what you're allowed to use it on and what you're not. People get a little bit tricky on this and hey, I get it. You know, Smart move. You can use this for other stuff and you're not laundering this money, but it's not as clear as you would think to say hey did i just use my eidl money to pay my parts bill or did i use my profits to pay my parts bill or my operating account so i get it there's some people that have run this stuff through the business and use the eidl to pay their operating which means the money in their operating account is free to do as they please however we have had some people get in a situation here where they're taking out too much money they're very misled on the money that's in their bank or forget where that's coming from right so let's say that you're a client there and let's say you're my example before i made a hundred grand if i got the eidl loan for half a million i got six hundred thousand dollars in my bank account so what's to stop me from taking out 150 200 250 300 or crap even the full six i i've seen this and people go and they'll say well it's, it's okay, because the SBA says that I only use this for parts. I paid all my parts bill, and so this is my money to do what I want. Now, we got a little issue here, or a major issue, right? You're getting confused with the SBA rules on what you use their loan for and confusing that with IRS rules on distributions. Remember, you're allowed to take distributions of profit. So if you have 600 grand in your bank account and 100,000 of that came from profit, then you can take out $100,000. Anything more than that, you're taking out distributions of a loan, not distributions of profit. And herein lies why the IRS gets so mad about this. Remember we talked about before putting money into the business, taking money out, right? If you loan a business or any bank loans money to you for your business, you don't pay tax on that. If the SBA put 500 grand in my bank account, I don't pay any tax. It's a loan. It's not income. So obviously the IRS is going to get very mad if I take some or all of that money out in the form of distribution because I'm not paying any tax. No one's paying any tax on that. So this is the big thing that you guys got to be careful for here is, are you taking out your profit or are you taking out your SBA money? If you look at your bank account and it is less than what the SBA says that you owe them, you have probably either lost or taken out distributions in excess of basis in that situation. Now, if you have had some tough times and you've used that and you've buying some inventory, you bought some equipment with it and you haven't really taken out distributions, yeah, there are situations where your bank account can be lower than that SBA, but it's a general rule of thumb. You know, if you have that SBA money, you should have that combined amount in your bank account. If it's not in there, you might've taken out in the form of a distribution. Another big thing to look at is a balance sheet has three major categories. And this is why it's so hard to do this verbal because if I had a balance sheet I could show you guys, so I'm gonna try to guide you on how to do yours. Balance sheet is really broken into three major categories. Big top section is gonna be our asset, bottom section split into two, liabilities and equity. It's very simple, liabilities plus equity equal our assets, just like your house. If your house is fully owned by the bank, you got a million dollar asset, million dollar liability, zero equity. House is fully paid off, You got a million dollar house, zero liability, and a million dollars in equity, right? And businesses are very similar. So if you look at your equity section and you have zero or negative equity, that means that you can't take out distributions because you don't have any profit to take distributions out, meaning you've taken too much depreciation, meaning you have too much in loans, combination of those two and some other stuff on there. Big idea here is be careful don't take out more money. And are you taking out profit or are you taking out loan money here? Now, in the long run on this, that should sort itself out, right? Because if you owe the SBA a half a million dollars, you're going to, have to pay them, but you have to pay them over the next 30 years, right? So it's a pretty long time frame. And I don't think the IRS would really be apt to hear what you did here or that 30-year timetable. And the reason why I say it's going to correct itself is hey, SBA is going to want to get paid. So some way or another, either the business is going to make profits and it's going to stay in there to pay the loan, or you're going to have to inject some money back in there for it to cover the loan. So at the end of the 30 years, it's going to work itself out. But is the IRS going to be happy with that? No. And this is why I thought it was really important to bring this up now, because the EIDL is something that we've never seen, right? Never seen a working capital loan implemented as widely as this one has been. And then also, it is unheard of, never seen in a commercial side to have a loan that is this long, right? 30 years is an eternity for a business. So be careful, guys. Don't get this confused with the rules from the SBA compared to the rules for distributions. Other than that, no, distributions are not taxable in 99.9% of situations. But remember, it's distribution of profits, right? You remember that aspect, you shouldn't be in trouble. So hopefully this clears this up. If I left out a part or miss some aspect of this, shoot me an email. Be happy to follow up with another episode, fill in those gaps, or if it's something quick and easy and just really relates to you, i be happy to chime in a little bit as much as I can. Obviously, you're my account. I can chime in 100%. If you're not one of my clients, I'll do my best, but really this is specific to your business and so many variables on this. It's hard to say in general terms. So, I got to do one quick update here. It's Monday when I'm recording this. I'm sorry to Tracy and Carm. You hired a procrastinator here. But we have a huge week this week. And by the time you listen to this, the Fed will have released the inflation report for May, which is going to come out tomorrow or Tuesday. And then also a day or two later, they are going to talk or they're going to meet and announce if they're going to increase their rates or leave it alone. And it's a big one we talked a little bit about some of the numbers that are coming out here. So it's a shot in the dark because if I knew what the inflation numbers were gonna be, I think I would have a better guess on this. But if I'm a betting man, I think that they're gonna raise their rates by 25 basis points. And I'm gonna book that one. If you give me four to one odds, I'll take 50 basis points or 0.5%. But I think that's a bit of a longer shot. So 25 basis points, final answer, that's what I'm gonna go with. Uh, if you give me a teaser on it, I'll give you the 50 basis points at some decent odds there. That would be a train wreck if they were to do that, which is something that I think should happen. And I think we need it to happen. But honestly, I would be very surprised on it. So let's see if I'm right. If I am, you guys all have to send me some money. If I'm wrong, I'll give you guys a free podcast next week. So how's that for a deal? So as always, please share with friends. And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. Thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listening app. So thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.